iHub Radio, reinventing talk radio in the Coachella Valley, homemade for the rest of us. Live from Palm Springs, the intersection of arts, entertainment, and the desert scene. This is The Culture Corner with Bonnie Gilgallen. And good afternoon to you, and welcome to The Culture Corner on iHub Radio. I hope everyone has got an echo going here. I hope everybody is doing really well right now in the midst of this um, pandemic and our stay-at-home orders. It's a tough time for everybody, uh, but hopefully if everyone's pulling together, we have to, again, remember we're, do- we're all in this together. It's not about any one individual person and our personal preferences. I want to run around, go out to the beach with 50 other people. We've got to think about um, you know, our friends and family and neighbors, and, and uh, it's not just about one person. Anyway, so we've, of course, uh, here at the Culture Corner, we've had to adjust things as, as that we all have in the, these times. So we're do having all of our guests on the phone to make sure we're all nice and safe. And we're talking to people about how they have adapted to uh, these new changes. Obviously, as live performers, um, nobody's really out there doing that. So theater, live theaters, actors, singers have had to kind of adapt. So our first guest today is Christopher Doe, who is a local musician, um, who's one of the people that has been taken to live streaming on Facebook. It's one of the ways we all get our music out there. Hi, Christopher. How are you? Hi, I'm doing great. How are you? Good, good, good. Well, nice to, uh, to meet you on the radio on Culture Corner. So, first of all, tell me a little bit about your music. So, it's Christopher Doe and Chill. Is that the name of your band? <laughs> uh, so, that is a part of my name of the uh, my stream that I do every Sunday. Um, okay. The band I usually am with, uh, they're called Christopher Doe and Friends. And um, it's pretty much just under my name. Uh, you know, it's, it's hard to get, like, a, a permanent band going. So, like, you know, I kind of just, whenever I... Uh, perform with people. I, I usually just call Christopher Doe and friends because I have no idea who I'm going to perform with. So, <laughs> oh, okay, all right, fair enough. So, uh, tell me, you're, you're a singer, and what do you what what you also play an instrument? Yes. Yes, I sing and I uh, play keyboard. Okay, and tell me a little bit about your music. Well, how would you describe your style of music? Um, my style, um, when it comes to live performance, it's definitely, I, I like to think of myself as, as versatile, but, uh, as far as like what I like to do, I love, um, doing like pop rock, uh, pop rock stuff, uh, some R and B and soul, um, stuff like that. And my original music, it kind of follows suit. I'm like really heavily influenced by like the eighties pop stars, some classic rock artists, um, and some modern artists like Fantagram, who's like my favorite band right now. Um, um, yeah, just, I'm, I'm getting more into, um, like I, I'm, I'm, I have a background with live performance, so I, I love that. That's one of the things I love to do is, is, uh, is just getting out there and performing. Um, sometimes I don't even like to be, uh, you know, confined by my keyboard. I usually actually like to be the front man, but you know, I do what I can. So, uh, okay. yeah, that's pretty okay. much my music. <laughs> so you do both, you do some covers and also some original stuff? Yes, Absolutely. And so tell me about some of the uh, the artists that you, other artists that you cover, some of the songs that maybe somebody we, we might know that you sometimes do in your live performances. Um, well, there's a whole lot. Uh, a lot of artists I cover. Well, I cover a lot of the late greats. I cover like Elton John. Um, sometimes I cover uh, Queen, Freddie Mercury, Elvis. And then some of the artists that um, most people might not know, um, there's uh, a band called Little Green Cars. 
Uh, it's an indie band, one of my favorite indie bands. They're super cool. Um, uh, sometimes I do cover Fantagram, my favorite band, like I said. Mm-hmm. Um, other artists, um, I'm working on actually um, covering some of my um, favorite local artist songs out here. Um, there's like a local artist, uh, they're called The Sit in the Saddle. Um, freaking amazing band, and mm-hmm. and uh, um, I don't know. Yeah, I just I cover a whole bunch. <laughs> it's hard okay. to name them off the top of my head. <laughs> oh, okay. And now, do you uh, do I understand that you have a new single that just came out or is coming out? Yes, my new single came out just today. Well, I guess by the time of this rec- uh, of the show, it'll be out yesterday. But okay. um, uh, May first was its uh, release. Um, and I'm really excited. Uh, it's it's my second single off of my new album that uh, I'm hopefully going to release by this winter. So I'm super, super excited about that. It's called uh, Soul. Oh, okay. And tell me, let's go back a little bit. So are you a Coachella Valley native? Where are you from? And did you start, were you musical as a little kid? Um, kind of, yeah. So I am a Coachella Valley native, uh, born and raised. I'm 26 now. Um, and... Uh, yeah, I've I've been here my whole life, and uh, music actually. I was kind of a late bloomer. I actually liked uh, acting first. Uh, I was um, in a couple of plays in middle school, which they were musicals, um, but I didn't really care about the musical part just yet. Um, and you know, as I kind of grew into myself in high school, um, I just slowly started um, realizing that I had a kind of a passion for music and singing, and so I took a leap, and uh, I guess. Here I am now. <laughs> okay, so anybody, anyone else in your family musical, number one question, and number two, are you totally self-taught, or did you take piano lessons? Um, so my, I definitely got my musical influence from my dad. He was definitely, he was definitely the musical talent in my family. Um, he, he passed away when I was young. He passed away when I was, like, 14. So, oh. like, that part kind of, that part kind of hit hard, uh, you know. But, um, you know, just going through something like that, really, uh, it kind of, teaches you some character, you know, and it helps, it helps like make you a stronger person, you know, and uh, he definitely uh, taught me a lot of things in his life, which uh, I'm totally grateful for. And his music definitely, uh, one of the cool things about my new album is uh, he actually wrote a song back in the like early 90s, late 80s. And um, I don't have a recording of it at all, but I remember it like very vividly. And I'm actually going to recreate it for my album. So that's going to be a cool little tribute for that. And then uh, answer to the second. What was your second question again? Sorry. Uh, did you did are you self-taught as a musician? Um, yeah, pretty much. I took so um, I did go to COD uh, College of the Desert for a little bit, uh, going to uh, study uh, uh, going there to study music, uh, mostly vocal arts, um, to kind of refine my 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 voice and everything. And when it comes to playing the keyboard, I took like one piano class there, and then um, pretty much after that, I. Uh, kind of like learned from the basics and uh, just kind of went from there. So I'm like half self-taught, half, half. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. All right. And so, um, so where now before this pandemic hit, were you playing around town locally? I was, uh, it was pretty much at a, at a weekly basis. Um, I played um, this wonderful uh, bar called Stacy's in Palm Springs. Uh, they're, Awesome, uh, awesome people there, awesome bartenders. The patrons are always fantastic, and uh, that's one of the reasons why. That's actually pretty much the only reason why I stream on Sundays, because I, I used to play there every Sunday from uh, 7 p.m. to 9.30. But um, ever since this whole thing hit, you know, I've been having to, you know, like you, say, like you said, adapt, and I've been trying to uh, essentially just um, keep myself on the radar 
during this whole thing. And, uh, you know, I, I try posting about my music as much as I can. I do my weekly stream on Sunday. So it's just, um, yeah. And I used to play uh, a whole bunch of other places too. when I could like, uh, there's another bar called the desert Fox bar, um, mm-hmm. in Palm desert. And that one was, that one, that's an awesome bar too. Um, just, you know, pretty much wherever I can really, uh, the last show, that I played before this uh, pandemic. Actually, it was kind of during this pandemic. Uh, was um, Hotel Paseo, and I think that was like either March 11th or March 12th. And then, um, pretty much right after that was the stay-at-home order. So we got yeah. uh, kind of lucky there. We played our we played our last show at a really nice place. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Yeah, I I'm very familiar with Stacey's. In fact, my, I'm a singer. And my uh, partner Eric is a piano player, and he he played several gigs there, and we did one gig there together. So I love Stacey. Stacey's a fun fun place, definitely. So mm-hmm. um, yeah. how could other than, now are you going to do a live stream? Uh, I know you're doing it. Are you doing it this Sunday at 7 p.m. Um, yeah, this Sunday, 7 p.m. to 9.30 p.m., um, and it's pretty much every Sunday. Actually, last Sunday, I took a break from it. Uh, I gave myself a little, like, mental health break, So, uh, but uh, definitely this Sunday for sure I will be playing. Okay, and, and, uh, and so people can just go to your Facebook page and, and, uh, and, and hear you? Yes, absolutely. It's under Christopher Doe. It's uh, I have two pages on Facebook. There's my artist page and my personal page. My artist page is like a picture of me. Um, I think I'm on KSQ News and I have like a like a black fedora and I'm playing keyboard. It's really cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, and by the way, so people know it's Christopher spelled K R Y S T O F E R Doe spelled D O. And what about your uh, single? Where can people hear that, or can they buy that, or where where can people check that out? So my single right now is on this website called Bandcamp, and um, that website's really cool for um, artists who are um, trying to just like sell to their fans directly. Because um, there's always these streaming websites, you know, like uh, Spotify or YouTube or even um, uh, Google Play stuff like that. And those sites help distribute your um, music for sure. But uh, the reason why I like using Bandcamp is because you can pretty much you're your own distributor. Like you can sell your merchandise there, sell your music there. And you um, and Bandcamp only takes like a, a certain percentage, um, but pretty much most of it, I think, sixty percent goes directly to the artist, which is really cool. So you could like release an album, and you make most of the sales that that album makes, or you can release singles, uh, stuff like that. So you can find my single uh, "Soul" on Bandcamp. If you like, look me up just uh, under Christopher Doe. Um, you should be able to find uh, my EP is also there, and uh, my single is there too. Okay, super. And so I, I love to ask um, musicians. I'm a singer, but I don't write music. But I'm always curious mm-hmm. with people who write, whether it's novels or, or music in particular. Do you um, do you get inspired? Do you like wake up at three o'clock in the morning with a melody in your head or words in your head and write it down, or do you mm-hmm. every day sit down and say, from ten o'clock in the morning, I'm going to sit here until I think of something, or do you just get inspired mm-hmm. from time to time? Um, for me, I know it's different for like every single artist. I, I, I definitely, I, I mean, for me to say that there's all, that there's a system is just, I, I can't because like for me, like sometimes there are days where like I just sit there and I go, okay, well, let me just practice. Let me see, let me uh, play something, see what I can turn up. And sometimes I do write songs that way. And other times, uh, I will wake up at 3am in the morning or I'll just wake up whenever I wake up and I'll just be like, yo, I just found this. I just heard this really sick melody in my head or the sick beat in my head. So I'll like go on the computer and like just write for hours or whatever. Um, it, 
honestly just kind of depends. And my single that I'm releasing now in particular, I actually had um, uh, a producer, one of my friends, he actually sent me this demo for uh, a beat. And uh, he, um, after he sent it to me, I, I was listening and I, I just, I fell in love with it. And so I was like, okay, we can do something with this. And then he and I had been working together on this song, uh, co-producing and co-writing it. And uh, it's just, it, it created magic. And I was like, you know, we got to release this. So uh, we've been working really hard for the past few weeks. Uh, and then it just happened. So, I mean, you know, it really just depends uh, on, I guess, who you are. Like, you know, yeah, that's yeah. just, yeah, that's just how it is, I guess. <laughs> Okay, uh, we're almost out of time, but I wanted to ask Christopher, do you ever get stage fright before you're performing, and how do you handle that? You know what's funny? I I don't really get stage fright. What I get is kind of, like, more excitable. Like, mm -hmm. And so, like, I have to, like, make sure that I'm, like, you know, just I'm kind of calm and collected because, like, I, I try and, like, channel all that energy that I get from going on stage, and I try and put it into performance. You know what I mean? That's kind of, like, yes. that's kind of how I try and make things work for me so yeah um, definitely yeah 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 definitely if you uh if you get stage fright or if you get anxious or whatever it's probably a good idea to just use all that energy and be like the best yeah. performer you can be that's what i think all right well christopher doe k-r-y-s-t-o-f-e-r-d-o -E brand new single soul check him out this sunday 7 p.m on facebook best of luck to you continued success and um stay safe out there all right thank you so much i really appreciate you guys all right, we'll be back with more on uh, the Culture Corner with uh, uh, Lee Friend about the Masks of Hope Project in just a moment. Local talk that's moving the needle. Art exhibitions to modernism, music festivals to live theater. If it's happening in the Coachella Valley, it's on the Culture Corner with Bonnie G. And we are back on the Culture Corner and iHub Radio. Um, we'd like to, now that we're in the midst of this pandemic, we'd like to shine the spotlight on folks that are, are helping out or stepping up to the plate and helping out with all kinds of needs during this. And one of the, the folks that... Um, fits that description is Lee Friend, who started this project, Masks of Hope, a community uh, committed to ma making masks for people in need. Hi, Lee. How are you? I'm very good. How are you? Good. So tell us how this all came to be. You're, you're a designer, right? How did this whole project come to be? Yeah, yeah I've been a costume designer for 30 plus years, and uh, my partner is considered an essential worker, and he needed a mask, so I made one, and soon um, the need just became big. And I really wanted to make sure that the essential workers were taken care of. And as the pandemic got more and more, the requests came in. And I really wanted to start getting to the hospitals and all around the country. And we put quite a team together. <laughs> and so how, if you, if you had to guess, do you know how many masks you have made at this point? We will know by Sunday, I am told by my volunteers, we will reach 15,000 masks having been delivered in the Palm Springs area and around the country as far as London. Um, we, we've been sitting everywhere. So, Wow, that's great. Good for you. Now, do you, since you're a designer, do you make really fun, colorful designer masks? 
So what we've done is we send them, we have masks that we send for free, which we've been, like I said, 15,000 almost. Um, but because funds weren't coming in, we are just now launching a special. I called all my um, designer friends, and they put together designer masks that people will be able to buy, and then the money will go to help us so we can keep getting free masks to where they're needed most. That's great. That is fabulous. And how many how many volunteers would you say are, are on board now? In the Valley, I would say we have probably about 60, but around the country, because we go as far as Maryland, um, I would say at least 150. Wow, that's and great. All, so did you, find that, did you find that as soon as you put the word out, boom, you started getting lots and lots of people saying, how can I help? Yeah, somebody had, um, I guess, nominated me for something, and I was on the news, and that night after it aired, the emails have been pouring in from all over the country. People still want masks. The need is very strong, and while the pandemic seems to be um, getting somewhat under control, the need from hospitals is increasing, so we are really doing our best to get them out there. Yeah, and it's, you know, it's kind of hard to tell sometimes because the Sometimes the information that we're hearing through the media, sometimes it's uh, confusing and we're not sure, you know, some areas seem to have need tons and tons of stuff. And then they're saying some areas have a lot and they're sending it other places. So sometimes it's hard. Isn't it hard to keep track of where where the biggest need is? How do you how do you track that? Well, so what happens, like last week um, in Houston, Texas, all of a sudden they were implementing their mask um that you needed to have a mask. And so all of a sudden, the emails kept pouring in from there. And so we monitored the cities based on where the um, where we're starting to get emails. Then we call the city, let them know we're available, and then they get back to us. So um, really, as a hotspot shows up, we can definitely see that on our website. It comes in quickly. Mm-hmm. Excellent. And now I've noticed, and I wanted to ask you, uh, are you still in need of elastic and fabric at this point, or have you gotten enough donations? We we are desperately in need of um, more donations, to be honest, because a lot of people have personal masks. Mm -hmm. They think that um, nobody else does, but the need is still just as strong as it has been. It's just now we're focusing more on the hospitals, more on law enforcement. We've given to we gave some last week just to an entire police force in Texas. So the essential workers and those on the front lines really need these masks, but we need help to be able to continue to get them to them. Okay. And so you still need volunteers. So the info I have here, if somebody wanted to volunteer, they could email you at masksofhope.com at gmail.com. Is that correct? Um, actually, if they just go to masksofhope.com, I have a volunteer button there now. They can just click on that, fill out the form, and um, we will get back to them just as soon as we possibly can, which is usually a day or so. Mm-hmm. And do you need and volunteers to do all kinds of things, both sewing and maybe delivering or shipping or, or clerical work? I mean, do you need all kinds of different volunteers? We, we need all that. What we would could really use right now is a social media person to help us because we're not able to share what we're doing because we're so busy making the mask. But we do need people that sew and people that we have a guy that all he does is he cuts elastic and it is absolutely amazing. And you wouldn't believe how much that helps us. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so has this, um, are you able to, so is this, this is kind of like a full-time thing for you right now, I'm guessing, isn't it? 
it has become an absolute full-time thing, bigger than I ever expected. And honestly, I wouldn't trade it for the world because when I see how we are implementing and touching people's life, it is amazing to me. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And so your, your partner is an essential worker. What is your partner in the medical field? No, no. He works at the grocery store right on the right. front line. Mm-hmm. And then our roommate actually works for the Desert AIDS Project, which, of course, is essential, too. So um, we're trying to help everyone that we possibly can with the mask. So it's it's been pretty interesting and fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I just, I, I think one of the things, as terrible as this whole situation is, and it is awful and dire and people are dying, but I... I like to focus sometimes on the silver lining, and I've seen so many people come together and step up to the plate like you and Matt and so many people volunteering to say, how can I help? Because you feel a little bit helpless sometimes in a situation like this, but um, I think it's just so wonderful. Were you surprised at all to see uh, the numbers of people that stepped up right away to help? Absolutely. To be honest, no, because I know that inherently people are good. And when called upon to be there for other people, they will be there. And we have seen that in the masses. It's been amazing. All right. Well, Lee Friend, thank you so much for what you're doing for this project. Masksofhope.com. Check it out if you want to volunteer. Thank you so much for what you're doing. And stay. Local talk that's moving the needle. Art exhibitions to modernism, music festivals to live theater. If it's happening in the Coachella Valley, it's on the Culture Corner with Bonnie G. And welcome back to the Culture Corner on iHub Radio. We're joined now by uh, uh, one of my favorite people, really super, super, super talented guy, Mr. Robbie Wayne, who is the artistic director of Desert Rose Playhouse. Hey, Robbie, how are you? Hi, Bonnie. I'm doing okay. How are you? Good. You're hanging in there in this craziness that we're dealing with right now. I am living a movie right now, Bonnie. It is the strangest thing I think any of us have ever gone through in our entire lives. But yeah, hanging in there with everybody else and just seeing what's going to happen here. Yeah. So I know it's been really tough for particularly live performers, live theaters, musicians, etc., who, you know, lost, had to shut down all their live performances and are losing money. So but I know that you've done you started doing something interesting with Desert Rose Playhouse. I think you streamed uh, uh, was it Ruthless or a couple different shows. Tell me what's what you guys are doing. Well, uh, what we decided to do is just to keep us on people's minds and to let people know, you know, that we're still here and we're still working behind the scenes. We have started streaming on uh, Zoom and Facebook every Wednesday at 6 p.m. And what we do is we just have like a, a, a behind the actor's studio kind of thing with clips and, and different things from our archives of our shows that we did last year. So we don't necessarily always stream the entire show. You know, there's copyrights and, and hoops right. to jump through with that. So what we do is we bring in the playwright. You know, last week we had Charles Bush who wrote Die, Mommy, Die. And we did scenes from that show and streamed them. And we talked with Charles on the phone and we talked to all the actors. And we just get a, you know, just a little a little forum going about, you know, the experience and, and the process and just the Desert Rose Playhouse in general. And we found that people are really responding well to that, just to see us still going and still fighting and to still be relevant. Yeah, I think, you know, it's interesting. 
necessity is the mother of invention. I think so many, I know a lot of musicians, I've done it. Eric's done, a lot of singers in town have, have done stream live performances, even if it's only four or five songs, just so people can stay yeah. entertained. They can keep keep their musical chops up. They can get their name and their face out there. So I think it's we're all having to be really creative and inventive to find ways to do that. And uh, have you right. found that... Um, I would guess all the, the writers, directors, actors that you've talked with, they're like, yes, hey, yes, I want to be part of this. Oh, absolutely. Everyone's jumped at the chance just to, you know, to have something to do. Everybody's sitting around going, okay, what do we do? We can't leave our house unless it's just to the grocery store doctor or, you know, what have you. And it, it, no one really has that creative outlet that we had in the live performances. So it's all gone online. And, yeah. you know, we've we've had a wonderful response from it. Everyone wants to be involved. They're happy to be calling in or Facebooking in live. And, you know, Zoom came at an amazing time uh, for them and for us. Uh, it's just an amazing platform to where you can – and it's simple. You know, you, you can broadcast out and have people there and do meetings. And, you know, in that vein, uh, as far as, like, trying to think outside of the box – Last week, we had our first read-through of our next show that we're going to be producing as soon as all of this goes up. And I have a dream of, you know, being one of the first to actually do the entire pre-production rehearsals, everything from choreography to, to blocking, everything that we can possibly do, music rehearsals through this Zoom platform. And mm-hmm. we started our show last week with the cast and had a wonderful time, a great experience. And now this week... We've started with uh, music rehearsals and with dance rehearsals. So wow. once we get out of all of this, we step right onto the stage. Uh, while the theater's closed down, Matthew is building the new set, and mm-hmm. it'll be all ready. Phil Murphy's working on the lighting already, and we will just step right onto that stage, have a few days to tech it, and then we'll be ready to open. And tell me about, tell me about what, what that next show is. Tell us a little bit about it. Well, well, I, I, I mean, I will tell you, because right now we are in, I've already got the rights for it, but we haven't set the dates. Okay. So, um, but we, you know, I'll go ahead and just tell you, we're, we're doing um, the Great American Trailer Park Musical. Okay. And it's something lighthearted, fun. Uh, it, it's a laugh a minute. And I'm playing the, uh, the lead trailer park girl who runs the trailer park. Anthony Nanini's playing one of my sidekick. Uh, we're, we're doing it, you know, as, as girls, uh, right, females. Right. So the top three MCs would be myself, Anthony Nanini, and Ben Reese. And right. then we have a, an am- amazing cast with uh, the rest of the group. We've got Lizzie Schmeling, uh, Jacob Samples, Jonathan Hatzios. And I know I'm leaving out. Oh, uh, Siobhan Vallarde. Yeah. So I, we and uh, Jackie Davis is doing the music direction. I'm directing, Excellent. choreographing, and doing all of that since I can do it from home. Mm-hmm. And we're going to have this show ready and up, up and running. You know, within weeks, if not less than that, once this ban is lifted and we can actually have live theater and groups back on, you yeah, know, yeah. back how, out. How great, you know, I, and I've talked about this with other people. I mean, how lucky are we that, I mean, this hor- whole thing is horrible, yes, but how lucky are we that it happened in this year when we have Zoom and Facebook and all that? I mean, think back to these poor people in 1918. They didn't have Zoom. They didn't have cell phones. They didn't have Facebook. They didn't have any of that. I mean, we're still able to connect with each other in these great ways. 
It would be very difficult to uh, produce a show via, like, uh, you know, pigeon or whatever. Yeah, exactly. You know, Horseback. Yeah. Pigeon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're so, I mean, as bad as it is, but we're so lucky that we have this, the technology that we have now to stay connected somehow, whether it's, you know, calling, email, Zoom, Facebook, there, you know, there's, there are ways to stay connected with people safely without going and breathing on them and getting people sick. I mean, we, you know, we, we have to look at the, I, I I'm really, trying to and i think all of us the only way to stay sane i think through something like this is to find the silver lining and to find what you have Absolutely. to be grateful for you know you Absolutely. can't just sit around and say and how how awful this is right poor me poor me and, and all of that you you have to be very grateful for what you have if you're at home and you're shut in and you're going absolutely crazy, you, you can still be thankful for having your health. You can be thankful for having your family. You can, there's so many things. And, you know, we're just trying to stay on the top of all of that and, and keep a good outlook and, and just be positive and, and try to stay productive during this whole horrible time for everybody, you know? Yeah, that you have to. You have to stay productive. Otherwise, you go nuts. So let me ask you this, oh Bobby, God, yeah. Bobby. What do you see? I mean, I know nobody knows. There's so many questions right now. There's there's no, you know, definite. We, we all have to see how this plays out to a certain degree. But what do mm -hmm. you think? What do you see as the future for uh, theater in the Valley? I mean, once once this at least calms down to a certain degree. I mean, I think, uh, I think the smaller theaters are probably going to do better because uh, you're, it's going to be a while before we can have huge groups of people sitting next to each other elbow to elbow, don't you think? Exactly, exactly, yes. I, I think what's going to end up happening, you know, I've tried to think outside of the box for all of this. I've always been one of those people to um, – hope for the best, but be prepared for the worst kind of thing, you know, mm -hmm. and we, we closed down after three days of opening to half houses mm -hmm. when all of this started up and yeah. we were one of the absolute first along with Chuck and a couple of other guys. Uh, you know, we were one of the first ones to say, okay, this is not worth it. We've mm -hmm. got to shut down. And, and, you know, we ended up canceling that show that had been produced rights paid for tickets bought, uh, yeah. refunds having to be given, uh, you know, not getting the ticket sales, and then having to ca uh, cancel our next show, which was with Judith Chapman, uh, Noose Women. And we were really looking forward to, you know, uh, producing her show. You know, yeah. she had her soap opera stars and everything. Mm -hmm. So, you know, with all of that said, we're we're still looking to the future. We're still trying to figure out plans, and it's best to have more than one. Yes. So if we have to go down to uh, some out-of-the-box thinking, then that's what we just have to do, whether it be, you know, we just bring in our cast members and a very select small group of people and then give, get people to have, you know, online subscriptions to be able to see the show. And we have a, a professional videographer Video, there. Yeah, to get that's really a definite thought. That's, yeah, that really, you know, so there's so many things that you can do you know if we have to do it out in the parking lot you know then that's what we'll do so uh -huh. we're we're just we're prepared to to do whatever we've got to do to stay afloat and to stay alive through all of this so how it's going to be i have no idea but i yeah. know that we're going to at least have some type of a plan for whatever scenario comes our way 
Yeah, it was funny. I was talking to Eric, my partner, the other day about about. First of all, I think I think drive-in theaters are going to make a comeback real quick. Somebody should build one and open it in the day. Because how, how great would that be? You know, you park your car a certain distance away from somebody else. You stay in your car and sit and watch a movie. I mean, what a great thing that would exactly. be. And then maybe even adapt that to drive-in concerts, drive-in. Yeah theater Except, where you know you yeah. stay in your car but you can still see and they've got speakers enough so everyone can still see and enjoy a performance yeah. but stay safe you know and and with you know with technology the way it is today you can send out a signal of the sound to everyone's cell phone or to everyone's yeah. radio signal or whatever it is and you know they just all drive up to a stage somewhere and uh -huh. so we just don't know what we've got and i know it sounds kind of crazy and it's like wow that's a weird idea but i don't think any of us have ever had to actually deal with something to this degree like this uh, well i know we haven't and no. you know this is a worldwide thing to where we're just going to have to change our thoughts of how life was last year as to how it's going to be next year Absolutely. Yeah, there. I people, you know, people have said some occasionally about going back to normal. That no one's going back to normal. It's never, you know, normal is going to be different. There, I don't think it's ever going to be, and and I think that's probably a good thing. I don't think some some of what was normal wasn't that great. <laughs> you know, exactly. If you think about it. I absolutely agree with you. And you know, there to me, all my life, you know. Uh, I've I've never really considered what normal is. It's mm -hmm. just what is happening right now. That to, right now is normal for for what's going on, uh, whatever normal means. You know, so we just have to have a new idea and an open idea of what normal is going to be for us in the future. Until if when all of this goes away. Yeah. So have you found that, I mean, I know different theaters, all theaters dealing with, you know, people who bought tickets for shows that had to be canceled on refunds or, or you, know, you know, hold the ticket for till next season and do the same show. Or Have you found that mm -hmm. most of your, your regular, your subscribers and your regular audience members have been very understanding about all of that? Well, I mean, I, I've... I'm a very honest person, as you know, Bonnie, and um, we have had uh, a, a great deal of our patrons, absolutely, who were so supportive, and they've been there with us from the very beginning. But have we had refund requests? Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to say that we haven't, yeah. but, um, our, you know, our uh, loyal patrons and, and supporters are there for us and are saying, hey, you know, I had a season subscription. Just take the rest of that and it's a donation or I had a ticket for this upcoming show. Just take that. That's a donation. Um, wow. But I would say 25% easy uh, had to be given back uh, mm -hmm. immediately. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, yeah. last year, we're a 501c3. We're a nonprofit. And, uh, so, you know, our finances are no big secret. You know, last year, this is our biggest time of the year. This is yeah. when everything is built up. We've got the money to pay the rights for the next coming season. And, you know, uh, rights for these shows are not cheap, especially yeah. when you're doing the type yeah. of shows that we've done. You know, we can pay $3,000 for the rights to a show, and it, that that's before you can even really announce it. And well, so Robbie, wait, we, we are we out of time. Thank money. you so much, and thank you for oh, what you're no. doing with the live stream on Wednesdays <laughs> with Desert Rose Playhouse. Stay safe. And, thank and you, we'll, DesertRosePlayhouse.org. We'll all right, thank, thank you, Thank you, Bonnie. Thank all you. right, bye-bye. I could talk with her all day. Back on the Culture Corner in just a moment.
Local talk that's moving the needle. Art exhibitions to modernism, music festivals to live theater. If it's happening in the Coachella Valley, it's on the Culture Corner with Bonnie G. And welcome back to the Culture Corner and IHUB Radio. So now we're going to chat uh, with, it's one of my, it's kind of become a regular thing, which I like, chat with Brian Mendoza, who is my board op for this show, but also has his own wonderful show on films. So Brian, what have you, what have you been watching? What have you seen movies since we've had this whole lockdown? Well, I've seen a couple of um, pandemic movies, to be honest, because I was curious about how realistic they are because I'm living in a pandemic. So I uh-huh. thought, you know what, I, I got to kind of get it out, you know, because I, I feel like if I see movies exaggerated, maybe I'll feel better about the current situation. And one of the films I saw was Contagion, and that yeah. was too realistic. Have you ever seen it? Does <laughs> it depressing? No, it was because they they even include this came out in 2011 and they used words like social distancing, wash your hands. Like it was so realistic on how the CDC talks to us about it. Yeah. And it was also set up where the vi- they show you scenes of characters like touching things and then another character touching it oh. and touching their face and it was like, "Oh my god, like this is too real." I I was almost it, it was scary, but I don't know. I'll have to wait two years from now to see if it's still scary when this is over, hopefully. Yeah. What What else did you see? Oh, I saw a movie called Outbreak, which is on Netflix, the Dustin Hoffman pandemic movie. So it's so over the top that it's not a great movie, but, you know, I had fun. But, you know, in terms of a really good movie people should watch, it's on Hulu. It's called Portrait of a Lady on Fire. It's a movie about a woman who is hired to secretly paint another woman who does not want to get painted. And the reason why she doesn't want to get uh, have a portrait made of her is that this woman is going to get married, but she objects to the marriage. And part of this marriage is part of the marriage um, ceremony or um, wedding preparations is to get a portrait made of herself. Hmm. And so she deci- and so the two women start to form a friendship that eventually leads into a meaningful relationship for the two of them. And it's on net and it's on Hulu. It is available on there f- on Hulu and they do have free trials so if you're not sure about it but you just want to watch the movie feel free to uh, take advantage of that and it takes place in 18th century France. It is French with subtitles. I do recommend it. It is a really great movie. Is, is it? Uh, is there anybody really well known in the cast? Not necessarily. Like a lot of them are like uh, French actresses that I don't know much about. To be perfectly honest, they're not like known here in the states. Okay. Okay. All right. Anything else that you? What? Anything else? I know you. You're staying on top of what's streaming and new things, big shows coming up. Or is there anything else coming up that you would recommend for people now since they're stuck at home? You know, that's a good question because it seems like what's there isn't a lot of productions being made about things that are coming up. Like, I know for a fact that the one big thing that we're looking at is the fact that there's going to be a Scooby-Doo movie that's being released on streaming. Because originally it was going to be released in theaters, uh-huh. but they're having this habit of you can rent a movie for 20 bucks, which may be a little bit of a steep price point if you really want to rent a movie. Yeah, I, yeah, that's like going to going out to a theater is like, I don't even know what it is. I don't go out that much. I mean, what, what's the what's the price per ticket these days at a theater? I don't even know movie theater. You know, to be honest, the price can range from. Sometimes they'll have like special days, like five dollars, mm-hmm. but usually it can go up to like 
12 13 dollars yeah yeah and it's it can sometimes be a bit of a steep price point but i'm still not sure about the 20 dollar 48 hour rental at home i'm still not sure about that because i feel like i would like to be optimistic and say that it's at least you'll get to have something new to watch but mm. i'm not yeah that's, sure. that seems pretty high to me yeah yeah and one of the shows that's coming up on Apple TV Plus, there is a show called Defending Jacob, which is about a father who has to basically defend his son who is accused of murder. And it is on Apple TV Plus, which is four ninety nine. So I do think that that's a pretty uh, good price point, but it's also a really good show. I've, I saw the first three episodes. It's really good. And then um, there's a show coming up called on Hulu called Mrs. America, which follows... Patty Sheffield and the women's rights movement in the 70s. I've seen clips of that. That looks great. That looks really good. It's really good. I honestly recommend it to anybody who wants to see a really good historical drama with really good actresses. I think the only person that I didn't care for in the cast was Rose Bryan as um, Gloria Estefan. Uh, Gloria um, uh, Gl- Steinem. Oh, Gloria Steinem. Gloria Steinem. My bad. Yeah, Gloria yeah. Steinem. And... Yeah. Um, but Kate Blanchett is Patty Sheffield. Mm. Oh, she was so good. I mean, she makes you realize that 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 she, you know, she sure wasn't the best person for the women's rights movement, mm. but yeah. she was a very smart woman and 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 knew how to fight against it. It, it almost it, you don't root for her, but of yeah. course because obviously you root for her. She was not the best person, but she is a very fascinating villain. Mm-hmm. Very fascinating yeah. television villain. I do recommend Mrs. America. Kate Blanchett's always good in everything she does. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So I wanted to ask you, and because I know uh, Brian, you're you're are you you're still in your twenties, aren't you? Or twenty five. Okay. Yeah. So um, what have you before this happened? Before this pandemic happened, um, had you and you've been in you've been involved uh, really interested in movies for a while now, correct? Yeah. So for almost my whole life. <laughs> okay. So what what. What have you? What changes did were you noticing, if any, in sort of trends of what types of movies, movies or directing styles? What were you noticing in the theaters before this pandemic hit? Uh, sort of in general, as far as changes in the way in the movies that were coming out. I've noticed that movies are a little bit more experimental now, and that people uh, that directors kind of take are are taking hold of their craft now. Like for example, even blockbuster movies, they. Even those blockbuster movies that seem generic to some people, they still have, they still experiment, and the directors really take a president onto these films. You know, they really do make their signature on them. So that's something I noticed. And even on stuff that's coming out on streaming, I noticed directors are really uh, becoming more creative and putting themselves in their films a little bit more strongly now than previously mm-hmm. before from what I've noticed. Mm-hmm. And is there, is there a director or a couple directors that you find that you really like everything they do? For I'm going to, uh, I'm just going to stick to like the modern directors, but I actually would say there's so many great classic directors. I can't name them all at once, but the great, the great ones that are happening now would be like Ava DuVernay who directed, um, when they see us a right. on time. Yeah. And then Greta Gerwin who did little women. And I also, to be honest, I actually still really appreciate Noah Bachman, who did Marriage Story. He was really good. Yeah, yeah. And Tati Watiti, who did um, 
the Thor Ragnarok movie, and he also directed Jojo Rabbit. So those are pretty exciting new directors that I think people should definitely see in their prime before we talk about them in film school 40 years from now. Okay. All right. Thank you, Brian Mendoza. Thank you also to Christopher Doe, new musician that I just got to meet. Um, uh, Lee Friend, who's doing the Mask of Hope project. We really appreciate all the work he's doing and anybody that's stepping up to the plate right now and helping out because we really need volunteers. And of course, uh, Robbie Wayne, who's done such great work at the Desert Rose Playhouse. So, you know, people, you really, I really encourage people again to, um, in the middle of this mess, uh, find something creative to do. You know, um, clean out your closet, clean out your garage go go pick up learn the guitar or something that you've been meaning to do for uh, months and haven't gotten around to doing now it's the time to do it and uh yeah then think about